Welcome to Beyond a Parent, the podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Jeremy Autry. And I'm Chuck Mead, and we're taking a little break from our conversation on education and the different educational options for your kids because Jeremy and I are getting ready to go to camp. So I have got a week of camp coming up, and then Jeremy's doing camp with the kids, right? Yeah, we're not crazy enough to do a full week with elementary age kids. Um, we just do three days, two nights and three days. Smart, smart. So uh, what we're going to be doing is a little bit more of a lighthearted episode. 12 reasons why we love camp. 12 things to love about camp. Some of them are random. Some of them are yeah. like we just chose these very <laughs> randomly. But then there's also some uh, more serious ones. Um, we'll just start off with number one. 12 reasons why we love camp. Number uh, one. Number one. Or is this number 12? I don't know. One is hilarious stories. Yes. So let's do it. hilarious stories. That's uh, an amazing part of camp. Every year we take your kids to camp and we hang out with them for days. And we see all of the weird things that they do. And it's great. So many stories. Um, I'll share one. And then Jeremy's got a great one that he can share about his own son. But I think... <gasps> I don't think you can say it's my own son. Oh. He'll be so mad. Oh, Never really? mind. Forget you heard that. Should we really go no, back? No, go ahead. Okay. You're right. So for one I have is every year we would get our group picture together. And we were doing camp at Liberty University. And there was... you When you send like... 6th through 12th graders, like those some 6th and 7th graders, they're making their way around a college campus. And um, one kid was determined he was going to find the swimming pool. Swimming pool is like at the other end of campus on at Liberty. And so he was – but during free time, we said you could go and, you know, if you wanted to go swim. We had our group picture, and everyone came up except this one kid. And as we – I mean, it takes, you know, 15, 20 minutes to get our picture so we get all everyone together, we're ready, and then as we are done, we're walking away. We see this kid walking with his towel and saying, guys, I finally found the swimming pool. And there he was, and he missed the entire picture and everything. <laughs> and maybe that was bad because that shows we he wasn't with us. But, yeah, but he finally found the swimming he pool. He found the swimming pool. It was in the aquatic center. <laughs> it was in the aquatic center. And teens to this day still talk about this kid who searched everywhere for the swimming pool. Finally looked in the aquatic center. That was where it was, yeah. Good job, kid. I got a couple. Uh, So my son Dylan and one of his friends, when they were in second grade, get in a canoe. And they paddle out to the middle of the lake at our camp. And then one of them decides they're freaking out. They can't get back to the shore. So... Uh, that kid stands up in the canoe and starts screaming, somebody save us, somebody save us. Meanwhile, my son, who is um, self-reliant to a fault, mm-hmm. decides he can paddle this canoe back to shore. So he's paddling, but he's just going literally in a circle because <laughs> he's just paddling on one side. So here's the canoe going around in circles with one seven-year-old standing up screaming for help, the other seven-year-old paddling on one side. So two of the adults decide they'll get in a canoe and go to save them. Mm -hmm. So parents, everybody's wearing life jackets, and the lake is three feet deep. Everything's Mm -hmm. fine. Yep. (laughs) But that one seven-year-old doesn't know it. So they're paddling out to get them, and uh, they pull their canoe up beside the endangered canoe. And that kid who's freaking out, the first thing he does is try to jump from his canoe 
into the canoe with the two adults. Mm. And in jumping, he throws Dylan out of his canoe. Yeah. And then hits the or lands in the other boat and completely turns it over. Oh. And all four of them go into the drink at the camp lake. Oh, dear. Oh, that was great. That was great. Oh, dear. And then there was another breakfast where a first grader at our camp showed up to breakfast in someone else's clothes that were also the clothes that kid wore the day before. Uh, he got confused about which suitcase was his, and he was a very tall first grader. The clothes that he had accidentally borrowed were from a very small first grader. So here is this kid wearing really small, undersized clothes. Small and undersized mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his mom just happened to be at camp with us, and she's like, those are not my son's clothes. <laughs> And then, and then we figured everything out. He, I guess the kid on the top bunk and him had their suitcases in the same place. Oh, my goodness. So, But, hey, both all three of these kids survived it, and uh, they're okay. You yeah. know, so fun stories. They We're still telling the stories. They're still telling the stories. Yep. And uh, every year we come back with at least one whopper of a story. It like always this. seems like the the worst experiences you have at camp – make the best stories and they usually become the best stories a couple years after the fact. Like the first camp I went to here at this church and we don't go there anymore. So parents don't freak out, but it was very much a rough experience of camp. Like it was camp. You expect no frills, nothing fancy or anything. And the dorms didn't have any air conditioning. So we go in our or the cabins and our we go in the guy's cabin and what's greeting us at the front door of our cabin is a hornet's nest. There's literally a hornet's nest above the entrance to this cabin and they're just coming and stinging everybody coming in and I'm like what did this camp not realize this? Like this was my first experience and a first exposure to this camp and so we had to have someone take a bat or something and get that hornetsness out of there. But yeah. it was one kid after another. And that was a horrible was, story in that moment. Yes. But now, five years later, it's hilarious. Yeah, no one got severely injured, but we didn't end up going back to that camp after that's a, that. That's a great segue into our next favorite thing about camp. Uh, camp is filled with unique adventures. Yes. Like knocking down hornet's nests with a baseball bat. Why there was a baseball bat at camp? I don't I, know. I'm probably exaggerating. It might have been a suitcase or something. Yeah. <laughs> Throw your suitcase. Maybe. But yeah, you know, that was an adventure mm-hmm. um, at the camp that we usually take the kids to. We have the blob, um, which if you've never experienced this or seen it, it is a, a floating inflatable giant pillow in the on the edge of a lake. Yep. One kid sits on one end of the pillow while another kid is standing on probably a 10-foot high platform. Mm-hmm. They jump off onto the pillow, sending the kid on the other end into the air um, to splash into the lake. And where else do you get to do that? Yep. But camp, you don't have a blob in your backyard. And uh, it's a unique adventure that kids get to experience at camp that they wouldn't experience anywhere else. I did that one year. 
the year we went to Dixie, and my neck hurt for two weeks after that. <laughs> That's because you were an old man even when you were young, Chuck. That I don't sounds know. like when you it actually killed. get to be old, you just don't admit that stuff. You act like it didn't hurt. Oh, really? Yeah. It hurt. <laughs> and it's okay. I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah. yeah. But when you're seven, it doesn't hurt at all. Right. Of course not. So, yeah, you do get these unique, adventurous experiences, whether they're good or bad. Man, I just think of all the different, um, you know, we student, at the camp we're going to now, students have the option of going on this adventure track where they can um, go do zip lining and do a high ropes course. So kids have these experiences that they're not going to get anywhere else. You know, for a, a younger kid, elementary camp, um, waking up on your own in the morning and getting your teeth brushed and heading to to breakfast and choosing what you're going to buy at the snack bar. Yeah. A lot of those things are unique camp experiences yeah. that you're getting to do for the first time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Man. And and uh, sleeping in a, in a cabin with all of your friends, you know, and listening right. to all the weird noises in the middle of the night. We, all these are unique oh. experiences that are new camp things. Typically in the past, a past couple of years, we've stayed at college campuses. And so we've had, it's been more dorm room style this year, though. It's a bunk bed style. Yeah. Going back old school. So we'll be in a room with like, you know, five, six bunk beds. So 10 to 12 people in a room. So... I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. We're going to get so ready. So that's our next, uh, that's number three, bunk beds. Uh, this might be facetious. I don't know. Yeah. Bunk beds. Uh, honestly, for a kid, just get, uh, kids who don't have bunk beds, sleeping on the top bunk is a big deal. Sleeping on the top bunk with your best friend on the bottom bunk mm-hmm. or on the top bunk beside your top bunk, man, this is life-changing stuff. You know, it is a huge adventure for an elementary age kid to get to sleep on a bunk bed. For the adults who are serving with them, sleeping on a bunk bed is an adventure, but not a positive one. I'm fighting uh, for the bottom bunk. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to fight. You're in charge. That's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, and at kids camp, I don't. maybe you won't experience this, but often the for obvious reasons, the mattresses are wrapped in plastic mm-hmm. which makes the bunk bed experience even more adventurous yes um every time anyone moves it sounds like trash bags or newspapers being crumpled up of yeah. course of course oh that's fun times i spent most of my life in a bunk bed um, before <laughs> moving out jeremy so that was nothing yeah. exciting for me 12 uh, 11 siblings yeah. means uh a lot of cramming kids into one room exactly number four uh, camp gives the opportunity for multiple adults to pour into our kids. So Jeremy's got, and I, Jeremy and I both bring teams of adults each year, and yeah. it is an incredible opportunity to see their relationships develop and see their influence expand through a week of camp. Yeah, and some of the adults who get to serve with us at camp are not part of our regular kids ministry team, so mm-hmm. bringing them along. And then, like you said, um, plugging them into these small group situations where they get to lead these kids and and hang out with them and grow closer to them and spiritually impact these kids yes. is a big deal. You mm-hmm. know, the more spirit-filled adults we have pouring into our kids, the better. Yes. And camp allows us for that. Oh, yeah. And they get these are, kids get to see their adults in a different light where they're more relaxed. It's not just for you know, 45 minutes or an hour on a Sunday, they're getting to really interact with them. And um, those relationships are strengthened. Number five. Tater tots. I don't get this one, This Jeremy. is the only real reason I go to camp. Wow. I absolutely love tater tots. 
um, and Camp Tater Tots are second only to my wife's Tater Tots. Camp Tater Tots are amazing. Mm. It's like um, just the shining of the non-spiritual things at camp, man. Tater Tots are on the top of my list. I love Tater Tots so much so that the day we have Tater Tots, I lead the kids in a Tater Tots chant while we're standing in line for lunch. Really? Yeah, it's a thing. I wish we were eating Tater Tots right now. I really want to see what that experience is okay, like. Okay, we'll come to camp with okay. our kids. Okay, tater tots. Number six, we uh, see this between not only adults and kids, but the kids and the teens, is that we see relationships built and strengthened. I love, Jeremy, every year seeing, especially the kids who are maybe not as plugged into our student ministry and they don't know many people, and then they come and they find someone. They find their people. They find their friends, people they have things in common with. And they didn't even know them the first day of camp, but by the end of the week, yeah. they're like best friends. Yep. And not just seeing the peers do that, which is huge. And especially for kids who are new to your group or not part of your group yet. I guess that's the same thing as new to your group. But also between the adults and the kids, I mean, if we just run the numbers, if a kid comes to every thing we do at church, that's four hours a week. Um, and most of that time is spent in corporate worship or preaching. So the actual amount of time you would have to spend with an individual kid is so small. Yeah. But if you talk about camp, man, we're together mm-hmm. for hours and hours and hours each day. Every meal we're eating together. We're hanging out at the lake. We're hang- hanging out at the pool. We're riding go-karts together. We're on the bus together. Yep. And this is just more opportunity to build relationships with these kids that's huge yeah and as their pastor and the other adults who work with them it's such an awesome concentrated time of that opportunity right that doesn't exist otherwise love it jeremy what do you got for number seven? Oh, number seven this uh this is near the top for me um in the mornings our kids have there's a time built into the schedule for devotions Hey, here's a devotion I want you to read, and you spend time talking to Jesus about this. Read your Bible, and then spend time talking to Jesus about this. And walking around that camp while things are quiet and chill, and seeing kids with their Bible open, reading their Bible, spending time praying, it's magical. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a very biblical spiritual word but it's awesome yeah. you know i mean this is what we're doing this is the purpose in this take a moment from the real world take a break from your video games and take five minutes 10 minutes 20 minutes as a seven-year-old to sit down and read your bible and talk to jesus right. and then to look around and see dozens of kids doing that yeah it's a big deal that's awesome number eight this is for me, Jeremy. Morning Duncan runs. So if you ever come to camp with me and <clears throat> you're one of uh, my adults, my and you, you experience this too, Jeremy, and you spoil your workers <clears throat> in a different way. But I feel very strongly if you're taking time away from your family, from your work, and you're coming and volunteering your time to serve with our teens for a week away at camp, I want to spoil you as much as I can and show you that I appreciate you. So past two years and this year, we're blessed to be within 10 minutes of a Dunkin' Donuts, which Dunn does not have. Pastor Chuck Mead is addicted to Dunkin'. I love Dunkin' Donuts. Not so so much the donuts as much the coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. He will drive by seven Starbucks and 10 
privately owned coffee shops to get Dunkin' Donuts coffee. It's so good. And it's because I spent a summer in New England, and they have them on every street corner there, especially iced coffee or iced uh, cold brew or iced latte, whatever it is. Anyways. Chuck runs on Dunkin'. I do, and so do our workers at camp. So each morning, Jeremy, it's like my... Uh, combination of quiet time in the morning. I get up early and I'll take a vehicle to the nearest Duncan and get a run where I already have all of our workers orders. And it's just nice. It's quiet. It's cool. It's just, the sun is starting to rise. I go and pick up my co- our coffee and I bring it and deliver it to them. And so I greet our tired, exhausted, but happy faces of our adults with the Duncan run. So beautiful. It is. Good job. Hey, at camp number nine, camp gives us a succession of days with a spiritual focus. We get, um, for Chuck, this will be five, six days. Five, is that right? Five days. Mm -hmm. Uh, For our kids camp, that'll be three. But these days in a row where for 24 hours there's a spiritual focus, the reason we're here, the purpose in what we're doing. And not to say that this isn't the case throughout your kid's Life, You know that every day doesn't have a spiritual focus, but there's something different about, hey, we're separated. We've we've come apart from the world to be here. And while the adventures and the blob and the tater tots are all cool, the real reason we're here is this spiritual focus. And our day is filled with that. You know, we have quiet times. We have multiple worship services. We have um, individual small group prayer times like the spiritual focus is obvious and to have days in a row, when else do we get that with this group of kids? Right. And so, I mean, we, that's a biblical concept, right? Like Jesus went up, retreated from the crowds, went up in the mountain to pray, to be with his father. And so that's really kind of the model of campus. Hey, we're pulling away from distractions. We're pulling away from the world and we are focusing on our relationship with God and what he's going to do. And so we see a lot of spiritual fruit and decisions made, and we'll wrap our, our list up with this more, but um, we do that because there's multiple days where the focus ultimately is on the Lord and what He has to say to us. Number 10 uh, is testimony time. Yes. Testimony time can be beautiful. Testimony time can be, especially at teen camp, tearful and meaningful and yes. deep. And dramatic. Is that too strong of a word? Maybe, if you're a teen but, and I just offended you, I'm sorry. But it's true. Uh, kids camp, testimony time can be silly and, and funny and deep and uh, spiritual. Definitely, Pastor Chuck, you have a lot more experience with this than yeah. I do uh, because teens are, it's more of a thing. Yeah, I love it because especially especially when it's done right, one of the things I've done recently, Jeremy, is I say, hey, um, sometimes your thoughts go crazy. And in order to help you really focus on what you're going to say, write out what your testimony is. I learned this from a camp pastor a couple years ago. So I'll have the students text me their testimony or something that God's doing in their life. And then I have them read that and share that. So seeing the, the students celebrate and be able to hear what God's doing in someone's heart um, through that week, it is a powerful time. I love it. Number 11, 
Bus rides. Bus rides. Now, Jeremy, you've probably dealt with more interesting bus rides of buses breaking down or horrible experiences uh, with that. Let's don't even talk about. Well, we won't go there, but let's. But we're chartering buses this year, so <laughs> hopefully we don't have that mess. Um, but yeah, man, I just love the. This year, I'm actually not. I'm driving a van, so I won't be on the bus this year. But I love the. So you love it, but not that. Much. I I really am bummed. I'm not going to be able to be on it. But it's more so helping our registration process go smoothly but i love just walking around seeing the reactions i have videos in the conversations happening i have videos from previous years of you know if we're listening to, we had the choir cd up and everyone on the bus is just breaking it down <laughs> singing their hearts out to the cbc choir and um so i mean there's just great team building and uh just fun moments that happen on bus rides and hey for an elementary age kid to get on a big charter bus and drive it. You know, we're only yeah. going uh, for kids camp. We only go 45 minutes away, but that's a thing, man. Yeah. You know, to be on this big bus, it's not a school bus. It's a, a charter mm-hmm. real deal, 50 seat, whatever it is, bus. Uh, it's a huge deal oh, yeah. to an elementary age kid to be able to do that. So it's cool seeing them walking up and down the aisle of the bus and, and checking in on them, their heads don't even come above the seat. You mm-hmm. know, it's pretty great. That's cool. Now I should have. I, Jeremy, one's coming to me that I should have probably put here. Oh, what and was you it? have. I don't think you've experienced this with camp, but we did the past two years. Bucky's. Oh, Bucky's stop. We have one in Flor. Is that in Florence, South Carolina? Yep. That's yep. the closest one to us. Man, <laughs> that stop will change your life. Like, on our mission trip to Texas, obviously, yep. we went to a Bucky's. If you don't know what we're talking about, Bucky's is the gas station slash experience convenience store slash department store slash deli slash. They're selling straight up brisket. Yeah, in yeah. there. Like, yeah. Uh, they have a hundred gas pumps. Yep, um, it's it's pretty awesome. It is an experience. Yeah, our teenagers, maybe especially here at Central, and I guess maybe because of the influ- influence of your camp, they're obsessed with it. They yeah. wear Bucky's T-shirts. Yes, and uh, my son brought home a Bucky's collar for my dog, so wow. my dog is roaming around the house with a collar That's covered amazing. in little beaver heads. Yeah. Love it. I love Bucky's. Yeah. So I hope we get one maybe we're, a little closer. When we finish recording this, we're driving to Florence, South Carolina to get some Bucky's n- beaver nuggets. And brisket, too. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Last, no tater tots. No tater tots. Not this time. Last one, number 12. This, changed lives. This is it. This, this is. is uh, all the other stuff, it is what it is. But ultimately... Ultimately, seeing kids and teens and adult workers Mm -hmm. either come to know the Lord, become a child of God, or grow closer to Him. It's it's um it's inexplicable. I don't even I don't even know how to put it into words. It's the thing. It is the reason yeah. that we go through camp. And we see it each year and a lot of times people get critical of camp because they just consider it to be a camp high. It's just an emotional experience. And while that may be the case for some people, Jeremy, I am sitting here because at a teen camp, I God got a hold of me. And it's all these things we mentioned. It was setting aside time for me to focus on God, my relationship with him, what he was speaking to me about. And so in that setting where my heart was prepared and ready to, to respond, what he was speaking to me about is when I surrendered to go 
to, to my life to go into vocational ministry, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here as a product that it wasn't just an emotional decision I made on a Thursday night of camp, but it stuck with me. Yeah, and uh, sometimes when people talk about, oh, the, te- the teens get this knock uh, even more so, they just came back on a camp high and it's going to wear off in a few days and they're going to go back to normal. Yeah, that's the Christian experience. The same thing happens to you when you are in a worship service and God's really moving and you go to the altar and you come back and you're closer to God. You fall back to, I mean, that's part of it. But that doesn't mean it wasn't a real experience. That doesn't mean God wasn't at work. And that doesn't mean that sanctification isn't taking place. This concentrated time of focusing on spiritual things, uh, God is at work. Yeah. And he's changing us from the inside out and sanctification is happening. You can't spend time around God, uh, things that are focused on God, listening to someone preach his word, worshiping him, doing devotions without God himself meeting you and working. Yeah. And so for people to complain about it, it's almost like it's an attack against God. I don't believe God was actually at work at camp. You yeah. think God took camp off? Yeah. What, I mean, you know, right? it really... Uh, it's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Shut up saying that about people coming back from camp. Trust that God is always at work and that he was working in the hearts and minds and souls of everyone who chose to participate in that camp. Get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah. Okay. Man. Maybe that's a little extreme. Yeah. But, but it didn't sound as mean as shut up. So <laughs> parents, I'm sorry. We should have put a shut up disclaimer at the no, beginning of we No. And so we just love, we love seeing uh, kids and students who have been, who've responded to uh, to the call to turn from their sin and follow Jesus and believe the gospel. And we see that and follow the Lord in baptism and then just make spiritual decisions to help them grow closer in their um, in their fellowship with God. Yeah, so does your kid have to go to camp to become a Christian? No. Are you a horrible parent if uh, your kid's not going to camp? No. Um, is camp amazing, and can we believe that by focusing on God, God's going to work in the lives of every kid, teen, adult that goes? Yes. So yes. Uh, why did we record this episode? Uh, we just like talking about camp. We love camp. We're excited. I'm leaving in a couple days. Jeremy goes the week after. I think this episode will air the day you get back from camp. Let's go. So, so hey, we're not trying to talk you into sending your kid. You won't too even late. hear it until we're back. But next year, you should consider it. Next year, consider it. Pray about maybe God would lead you to volunteer to camp one year. Who knows? Um, but thank you guys so much for listening to Beyond a Parent. Remember, parenting is beyond us, but in Christ, we have all that we need for this journey. See you.